This is a production of the Z-Talk Radio Network. The views expressed and opinions given by the individual hosts and their guests do not necessarily reflect those of Z-Talk Radio, its affiliates, or sponsors. Wow. It's dark. Well, let's have some light on the subject. Put on your critical thinking caps and please refrain from hugging. It's time for Dimland Radio with your host, Jim Dr. Dim Fitzsimmons. Hello and welcome to Dimland Radio here on the ZTalk Radio Network at ztalkradio.com. I'm your host, Jim, Dr. Dim Fitzsimmons. Remember, I'm not really a doctor. I just play doctor online. And Happy New Year, everybody. Um, I hope you had a good holiday season. Time off. Uh, I hope you refrained from visiting family. Uh, at least, you know, uh, anything other than a, a short visit. Just, uh, just. I hope you did that. Now, uh, what what we did here, Amy and Hayden and I, we did go over to my parents' place on on Christmas Eve. Oh no, yeah, Christmas Eve day during the day. We went over. We visited for about an hour. We wore our masks. Mom and Dad didn't, but uh, that's the risk we're going to take there. But we wore our masks and. You know, just visited for a little bit. I have not hugged my mother or my father since March of 2020. Uh, it's just not something that you know we you know we keep our distance, and you know that's what you got to do. Uh, so, and then we came home, and we had a quiet Christmas at home. Um. Uh, let's see. Uh, I don't do a show for a couple of weeks, and look what you guys let happen. You allow the year 2020 to spill over into this first part of 2021. You will, I, I know, it's not your fault, but... This show that I've been doing since March 2010... So I'm coming up on 11 years. Uh, I, I just figured it out. I think in May, by the end of May, assuming I don't take any breaks, I will have done 500 shows. Uh, this is show number 481. So uh, I don't know if I should plan something special for that show. Maybe make it my last one. Oh, no. I, 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 I think about it once in a while because this show... Take some work to put together, and hopefully it's doing something good. Um, I know I've got at least uh, one or two very loyal listeners, but other than that, <laughs> yeah. But I do it, because I enjoy it. And as long as I enjoy it, I'll, I'll keep doing the show. Um, the idea of Dimland Radio, being on ZTalk Radio, ZTalk Radio is a, a primarily all about the paranormal, and you know, and you know, about yeah. You know, it's for a while there's about ghosts and psychics and all this kind of stuff. There were shows about UFOs and there were shows about uh, I don't know psychics, like I said, angels, it, all kinds of things like that. And that is not what this show is about. Uh, well, whenever this show, whenever I talk about those things, there's always you know the skepticism about it. So, uh, you know, so th- it's Dimland Radio, which incidentally is the longest-running show on ZTalk Radio, bar none. Because I think shows that have co-hosts and you know, st- you know, it's a group of people or, or just two people. Or something, sometimes that's harder to keep together, maybe because of uh, the way the nature of this kind of radio, if you will. It's amateur stuff, really, you know, and then we're feeling our way through it, and it might be difficult to do things. And if you're just yourself, like I do it, it's just me, well, you know, I got time to talk to myself each week. <laughs> do it all damn week. Anyway, so why not record some of it and put it up here? 
part of what you want, you know, and the show itself is about, you know, it's about pop culture. You know, I, I, I comment on that or, you know, rant, you know, the rantings of an aging man. <laughs> Age kids today, that kind of thing. There's a little bit of that. There's some, there's some science. There's some atheism. There's been politics in the show uh, a lot lately because I just don't, I just can't watch what's happening and not say something about it. And I want my son at some point, when dad's gone, if these recordings that we've done, because we saved them, I want him to be able to listen to it and hear old, his old man <laughs> give his views on this stuff. I'm not an expert on politics. I see what seems to be reasonable and rational and and follow that. And, of course, this, you know, and there's my pedantic moments. I almost didn't have one for tonight, but I, I, I did get one. So hopefully I'll be able to squeeze it in. And, of course, there's skepticism. I may not directly talk skepticism every show. Some shows may, may not have any specific skeptical topic uh, where, I, you know, where I talk about, you know, specifically about critical thinking and logical fallacies and, and try to figure out what's real. But hopefully there, there's always an undercurrent in the show of skepticism that when I do talk about something and even if I, if I don't just direct it to the skepticism thing there's still that you know I'm a skeptic talking about this and hopefully my critical thinking skills which I'm constantly trying to improve are there and part of that improving of those skills is listening to others and considering others ideas and, and, and looking for other sources of information but Keeping an eye out on, you know, being cognizant of getting good, reliable information, reliable sources. And to understand, if you're, if you're watching news, understand if that news has a, a bit of a lean one way or the other. Or maybe more than a bit of a lean one way or the other, you know, right or left. And taking that into account. Because I, I I I listen to a lot of political pundits. You know, I watched a few a few of them on uh, on uh, on YouTube. There's some there's some people that I think that are you know seem reasonable, but every now and then they'll say something. And I'll go, yeah, <laughs> well, that's not exactly right. That's not exactly right, but okay. In the overall, what they're saying, I'm on board with. In in many cases, but once in a while they go, yeah, just yeah, I don't think so. And uh, frequently, I will mention the phrase, it's a question actually, that is asked of skeptics, and that, it, it, that if somebody believes in ghosts, or Bigfoot, or UFOs, or even conspiracy theories, you know, what's the harm? If they believe in fat, flat earth, what's the harm? Really, what's the harm? If they don't want to vaccinate, what's the harm? Now, some of these things are easier to point to what's the harm. Believing in Bigfoot, eh, it's not all that harmful. But it can put your mind, it, you know, give you a, a person a mindset of what kind of evidence do you accept as, you know, to, to believe something. If your bar is set so low that all you need is somebody's interesting anecdote to believe that Bigfoot exists. What about somebody else's interesting anecdote that, oh, I don't know, say the election was stolen? Your bar is set so low, that's the harm. Now, I won't go back as far as I could, as far as I've heard some people talking about the situation that we find ourselves in right right now, on uh, in January, uh, the show will be dated January 9th, 2021. Just so people in the future, if they hear this, can know that this is understand what history I'm talking about. I won't go back as far as I have to, or I could. I'll go back only as far as I need to for this little segment. You know, what's the harm? 
What's the harm? We have uh, a president. At the moment, he's still president. He's only got a few days left in his term. He lost the election. He lost. There's, you know, it was it was demonstrated, proven, six ways to Sunday, whatever the phrase is. It was shown in every way possible. He he lost. He lost. But our president, for now, if not a conspiracy theorist, meaning someone who believes in conspiracy theory, he certainly is a conspiracy monger. I don't know if he really believed that uh, President Obama wasn't born in America. He just mongered that conspiracy in order to, you know, divide his his talents that he has, what he's good at. I mean, he's he's a bit of a moron, but he's not stupid. He can barely read. I doubt as if he's read a book in his life, but. He's not, he's not stupid, but he's a moron, and he's completely unqualified to be our president. And if you know, the last four years should have given you plenty of examples. He, his talents are to manipulate and to divide. That's what he's good at. I mean, he's really good at it. You know, there are people that, you know, they, they may have, uh, you know, cognitive problems, you know, just you know, mental issues or something like that, but there's a thing that they can do that they are fantastic at. Well, that's, that's our president. He's fantastic at dividing people, at manipulating them. He spent months leading up to the election convincing the conspiracy theorists that are his followers that the mail-in vote was going to be a fraud. It's going to be, you know, it's the, the absentee ballots, they're fine because that's what he uses, he and his wife. But the mail-in vote, which there really isn't all that much difference there. Really? But the mail-in vote, oh, that was going to be fraud. He spent months talking about that. He he discredited it. He put he put one of his cronies in charge of the U.S. Post Office, and maybe there I don't know how strong the evidence there, but boy, the U.S. Postal Service did sure slow down. And some of it might be responsible. The guy might be responsible, but I'm not so I'm not, I don't know. Maybe not. But mm, mm. My, my skeptical eyebrow goes up when I think, was he doing the best job? Were they trying to slow the ballad? He, the president, had said, I don't know if these are the exact words, but he said, the only way I will lose this election is if this, it's rigged. It's the only way. I, I, he may, I'm not sure if he believes this exactly, but he may have thought that he should have gotten 100% of the vote. Everybody loves me. They all want to vote for me. Well, that's probably not in his mind. But he said the only way he would lose is if it was rigged. Setting all this stuff up. Just before the election, just before the election, like the day before, election uh, day or two days before, something, just just before election day, he said, we should know who the winner is by the end of election day. We should know. You know, with the computers and the online stuff and all that, you know, he was, that's the remarks he was making. We should know. He had, um, he had some help in this, in that, at least in Pennsylvania, the Republican-controlled legislature there set up a rule uh, when it came to the mail-in balloting. You it, that they couldn't; those mail-in ballots couldn't be counted early. They had to wait until election day to be counted. Now, I'm not certain if they could just, as soon as it's election day and the polls open, they can start counting the mail-in votes. I have a feeling that they were wait; they were set aside until later. 
because the because and 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 the people who study this kind of stuff who know better were saying leading up to the election well this is kind of setting up to uh, an election night where it looks like Trump is winning because most of the uh, people voting on the day the the conventional wisdom was they would be voting for Trump while most of the people going through mail-in voting would be voting for Joe Biden. And so they were saying what we're going to see on election night is it's going to look like he's leading in a lot of states. Trump is leading in a lot of states. And then those who were predicting this sort of thing said, and then that way the president can come out and say, I'm winning. I won. I won the election. I won. And then when the vote gets counted, the mail-in vote gets counted, and the gap, the lead that Trump has, has narrows and then disappears in some of these places, which it did in Pennsylvania, which it did in Georgia, which it did in Michigan, which it did in Wisconsin, which it did in Arizona, Nevada, he can cry foul. He can come out and say, we won, which he did. And all along, the conspiracy theorists that are his base, the QAnons on QAnon, the greatest and most dangerous troll there is, QAnon. I don't know if it's one person or a group of people or what, that just float bullshit conspiracy theories out there. And there are people who believe it. And they're Trump's base. That's his base. The conspiracy theorists. Oh, sure, there's some that aren't, but I doubt it. I doubt that it's very many. His base is the fringe. That's his base. I I know that there's polls saying that a lot of Republicans think that uh, something was wrong with the election. But when you have uh, Republican senators and 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 Congress people saying that the elections were uh, irregular, something was wrong. Well, no wonder a lot of people believe it, even though Republicans. You know, the people that were in charge of the elections, or the people that were in charge of the security of the elections, the people that were in charge, in charge of the counting and all this stuff, the Secretary of State, some of them Republicans, were saying, no, there was nothing. There's nothing here. So then, we have the coup attempt. We have Trump and his fellow coup uh, uh, participants kept saying fraud, 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 stop the steal. And all this is going on for for two months after the election. For two months after we know that Joe Biden won. It hurt them when it came to the Democrats, the, the runoff, the Senate runoff in, G in Georgia. I think it hurt them that a lot of Republicans didn't, didn't vote because they didn't think their vote counted. My other votes don't count. It's rigged. So didn't vote. And so now, the Democrats will have a majority, well, uh, an effective majority in the Senate. It's tied 50-50, and Kamala Harris, Vice President Kamala Harris, being president of the Senate, she's the tiebreaker. So Trump, at all, Fed the conspiracy theorists a steady stream of lies, lies, and more lies. Are we really surprised what happened on Wednesday? Are we really surprised at that? He, you know, the president was inviting these people to this big rally. Come to the rally. And he gets up there on stage and he says, go to the Capitol. We're going to walk down to the Capitol. I'm going to walk down there with you. Lying to them again, because he didn't. He just hopped in his, his bulletproof vehicle and was driven back to the White House. And he gleefully, allegedly, watched as the Trumpers peacefully marched to the, uh, to the Capitol in which a joint session of Congress was going on that was doing the, the certification of the electoral vote which was going to have a bunch of objections, but it just wasn't going to matter 
You know, Republicans who are going to object to certain states counting this, and then they go into debate it for a little bit, and then they come back and say, yeah, the votes are certified. And it was going to take a long time, but it was, you know, it was just because those Republicans wanted to appeal to the conspiracy theorist base. So the conspiracy theorist Trumpers peacefully gathered at the Ellipse, which is part of the park in, in Washington, D.C. They peacefully moved their way over to the Capitol. They peacefully gathered outside the Capitol, and they were peaceful up until they busted through the barricades and, and ransacked the Capitol. For only the second time in American history, there was an attack on the U.S. Capitol. The first time was during the War of 1812. happened in 1814. The second time, and that time was done by foreign enemies. This time it was done by Americans. I've gotten to my break. Uh, i got more to say. Um, I'll be back. You're listening to Dimland Radio on the Talk Radio Network at ztalkradio.com. I'll be back. <laughs> The number one choice for music, sports, news, and talk radio. So keep that dial locked to ztalkradio.com. Do you believe in ghosts? Do you think Bigfoot is real? Do you suspect that your neighbor is really Val Tor, leader of the lizard people of Bendar 3? Well, Dr. Dim doesn't, and he'll tell you why when you tune in to Dimland Radio Saturday nights, 11 Central, midnight Eastern on Talk Radio Network. It's an hour of science promotion, pop culture rants, personal observation, and of course, skepticism. Join Jim, Dr. Dim Fitzsimmons, Saturday nights, 11 Central, midnight Eastern, for Dimland Radio on Talk Radio Network. Okay, I have something here. It's it's an EVP. I'm telling you, it's really something. Um, I need to call it up. I got to tell you, this is uh, really shaking me. I need to play it for you. And uh, well, I won't. Uh, I won't prejudice your mind as to what you're going to hear. I won't prime the pump. Just have a listen. Get out! Did you hear it? Did you hear it? I, I, I think that was clear as day. I heard... Well, I don't understand it, but it's, I heard bread trout. Clear as day. Creepy. You're listening to Dimland Radio on the Z-Talk Radio Network. You know, if I can maneuver into a tight parking spot at the mall, I'm pretty much sexually satisfied. And I've been to the mall twice today already. (laughs) You're listening to Z-Talk Radio Network. Back to Dimland Radio here in the ZTalk Radio Network at ztalkradio.com. I'm your host, Jim Dr. Dim Fitzsimmons. So what's the harm? What's the harm in indulging the president in, in his needing to make absolutely certain that the vote was right? What's the harm? What's the harm? What's the harm in conspiracy theory? You know, we learned... Uh, I'm reminded of the times in the before times when uh, the Minnesota skeptics, we could meet up 
and actually physically meet up with each other. And uh, there was a, uh, the local te uh, public television station was doing a, a series of profile videos about social groups, meetup groups in the state of Minnesota. And one of them was the skeptics, Minnesota skeptics. And, and it's, you know, the timing wasn't great because, you know, they came out, they did the piece, uh, they released it online, uh, I think in January. And then stuff started to be shown on television in March and then everything shut down. <laughs> <laughs> we stopped having we because of the pandemic we couldn't be getting together again <laughs> and uh, it's just social meetup groups and look what happened but it, I'm, I'm reminded of a bit in there uh, that uh, Travis one of the uh, Minnesota skeptics elders he um, he mentioned that you know nobody's getting hurt believing that the earth is flat and I, I talked about this already, but when when it was topical, but you know I'm reminded that you don't know somebody do somebody can get hurt believing the Earth is flat. Mike Hughes, Mad Mike Hughes, the Daredevil guy, launched himself up in a rocket that he made in order to prove the Earth is flat. Crashed and died. And to Travis's credit, you know when when that became news, he contacted the the, the producer of that piece and said, hey, you know, I said in there that nobody gets, you know, nobody's going to get hurt believing the earth is flat. Well, I'm wrong. Somebody got hurt. And, you know, and, and I think that, you know, a lot, indulging people in their, in their conspiracy theory ideas and believing in fantasy and believing in stuff, again, as I said earlier, it sets the, their bar, their evidentiary bar so low that they can be taken in for things that that are more directly harmful the nigerian prince who's got all that money that he wants to put in your bank account so can you give me your bank account you know i'll give you 10 percent of it and i've got like you know 400 million dollars i'll give you 10 percent of that if you just let me put it in your bank account for a little bit so give me your bank account number and your pin number and your social security number and give and then people some people have fallen for that as hard as it is to believe because their evidentiary bar was set too low. Their critical thinking skills were not honed. So that's the harm. You have a president who may not be a conspiracy theorist himself, but he's a conspiracy monger. Playing on, manipulating the conspiracy theorists that are part of his base. A big part of his base. So what happened on that Wednesday when they when the people stormed the Capitol. Five people died. Three of them, from what I understand, died from, you know, heart attacks or something like that, you know, exertion, excitement, you know, they had heart attacks and died from that. But one person, a Trumper, was shot. The story as we know it at this point, or we what we think has happened, and, you know, details will come out, is that it was security that shot her. Capitol, you know, police officers shot her because she was uh, she was climbing in through a door that had been broken open or the window had been broken out, and she got shot. And she died. Now, she was former military. From what I understand, she served with honor, decorated. But she fell into QAnon. Her critical thinking skills were not honed. That's the harm. And one of the other, the, the, the fifth person to be killed was a police officer that bashed in the head with a, with a fire extinguisher. And he died from that. So, you know, don't tell me blue lives matter. Well, you know. And those cops, and because there's evidence of some cops that were on the scene that pulled aside barricades to let the people in. To let the rioters in. They went from protesters to rioters. Insurgents. What did they plan on doing? I was watching one person on, on YouTube talking about, what did they plan on doing? Well, what if they caught Nancy Pelosi? What were they planning on doing? Kidnapper? Killer? What would they have done? 
fortunately, they were able to get everybody into safe areas. And why would somebody like Josh Howley, is that his name? Howley, 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 whatever his name is, the guy that was giving them the fist pump when he's before they started, you know, insurrecting, he's just out there giving them the fist pump. Yeah, I'm going to run for president. You guys are going to be my base. I'm going to take the crazy base. Why was he hiding? He should have been out there shaking their hands as they come in. Hey, come on. Welcome to the Capitol. Come on. Don't bust up my office. But Nancy Pelosi's office is down that hall. Chuck Schumer's office is around the corner there. Oh, and you want to know how to get to, uh, you know, to get to them? You go this way. You know, why wasn't he doing that? Why was he hiding? There is some, you know, the inner, you know, the way, the rationalizing that uh, some of these people that are Trump supporters were trying to do. So, well, it, well you know, it wasn't all Trumpers up there. There, there was some Antifa mixed in it. No, there's no evidence that there was. The people we saw in there are known Trump supporters. They, either they're under deep, deep cover and they've held it for a long time, or they're Trump supporters. Fearless loser, as I've been calling him, President Donald J. Trump is the worst American president ever. Move over, Andrew Johnson. I was I was keeping room for, for James Buchanan at number one, but Andrew Johnson's pretty close. But James Buchanan was the uh, president that uh, presided over the country just before the Civil War. And it was imminent that it was going to happen. And he didn't want to deal with it. He just, don't happen while I'm president. Just not while I'm president. And he kicked the can down the road to the next guy. And the next guy was Abraham Lincoln. I don't think James Buchanan, you know, his, what made him terrible is he didn't want to deal with the Civil War. What makes Donald Trump horrible is he wants a civil war. At least that's my opinion. I say we impeach him again, which might very well happen. And I've and the thing is about his manipulation and, and division is that you know I've 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 taken I've gone away from Facebook again for a while because I I don't want to be angry with my friends. I have some friends that are Trump supporters, and they're blind. They can't see it. They can't. Their bar, their evidentiary bar, is very low. And there's one in particular, and I'm not going to name them, but there's one in particular that tried to talk about them. They were being peaceful. And I said, yeah, right up until they stormed the Capitol. And I just felt that anger welling up in me. He talked about how the left was going to vilify the, uh, the the woman that was killed. And she was military, decorated. You know, she's going. But you just watch. You just watch. Left's going to you know they're going to vilify her. Well, she was you know she was into the QAnon, and she did storm the Capitol. <sighs> you know. And then I had friends talk about you know what about Black Lives Matter and what happened in Minneapolis and all that. Yeah, I didn't say. I was under that. I, I, I posted on Facebook, I said, and now tell me how much of a threat are Antifa and Black Lives Matter? Tell me again how they are a threat. I, I, I posted on Facebook as the Trumpers were storming the Capitol. And by the way, if it was Black Lives Matter storming the Capitol, I think we'd have a hell of a lot more than five dead people If this, if, if President Trump's actions on that day, his inciting of the insurgency, his, his t when he tried to calm them down by first saying, yeah, the election was stolen from me, but, and I understand why you're upset, but you know, kind of, let's, let's go peacefully, please. I love you. You're special. And then, and then when he came out to 
do his non-concession concession in which he said, you know, one of the first lies he told on there was that, uh, you know, that he immediately sent the National Guard. No, no, you didn't. And if I've, there's a couple reports, one was, or there's uh, at least one report that, that I've seen uh, saying that it was Vice President Pence that got the National Guard in there. And it took a while. If, if his actions aren't impeachable, what the hell is? And to this friend of mine, this one particular friend, if he listens to this, I want to just remind him of something. At least Nixon resigned. I'm going to take my next break and finish up the show with uh, uh, hopefully more pleasant stuff. Hopefully. You're listening to Jimline Radio on the ZTalk Radio Network at ztalkradio.com. I'm your host, Jim Dr. Dim Fitzsimmons. I'll be right back. Other guys. The finger. You're listening to Z Talk Radio Network. Hey, I almost forgot. It's it's time for It's quiz time on Dimland Radio. Everybody got your pens ready? Okay, I'm gonna ask you a question here. It's a multiple choice answer. Uh, can you name the person who said this? That's why I don't eat friggin' lobster or anything like that. Because they're alive when you kill it. Was that A. Mahatma Gandhi, B. Jane Goodall, C. Albert Einstein, or D. Snooky? This has been Quiz Time on Dimland Radio. Hey everyone, this is Professor Dave. I want to teach you about all kinds of things regarding science. I want to tell you about physics. I want to tell you about chemistry, biology, astronomy, math, and many, many more things. Come check me out on YouTube. The channel is called Professor Dave Explains. Take it easy. He knows a lot about the science stuff. Professor Dave Explains. Station identification. You're listening to Z-Talk Radio Network. Operating frequency on ztalkradio.com. Welcome back to Dimland Radio on the ZTalk Radio Network at ztalkradio.com. I'm your host, Jim, Dr. Dimfit Simmons. That bumper seemed kind of quiet. I might have to eliminate that one. Oh, that would suck, though, because that's a who bumper. Anyway, I don't know. It just sounded quiet to me. Was it quiet to you? Oh, well. Anyway, um, yeah, okay, so let's, uh, let's, let's, well, let's do one of these. Let's just let's do one of these right now. And now, it's time for a Dimland Radio Pedantic Moment. Yeah, this ought to be good. Well, I almost didn't have one for this week. But uh, earlier this evening when I was listening to um, George Robb's podcast, the Geologic Podcast, which is a really excellent podcast. It's really good. He's really good at what he does. He's so good. <laughs> I'm okay at what I do, but he's really good at what he does. Um... He has a segment on his show called uh, Facts That Will F You Up, except he doesn't say F. <laughs> and he has a character that he'll play that does the, that tells these facts. And, and, they're, and, and some of them, they're pretty cool. And I think the character is named Diman Hamji, something like that. I, I, it just, it's a character. And so he gives this list of facts that are pretty astounding. And one of the facts that he listed... Uh, and he's and he, George's character said that this is probably the most effed up thing he's heard in, in quite a while. Is that 
um, the sign that you will see on a uh, as you're heading onto a bridge in some areas of the world will that reads bridge may be icy means exactly the same thing as bridge may not be icy means the same thing and I I heard that and I said um does it <laughs> you know me being a pedant I thought you know and I might be I might be reaching here maybe but it seems to me when you say the bridge the you know, bridge may be icy indicates that its normal condition is not icy it's normally not icy but occasionally it is so you should be careful because it might be icy you know but if you say the the bridge may not be icy that to me again to this pedant that seems to indicate that the normal condition of the bridge is to be icy and sometimes it's not so you should <laughs> you know it's it kind of roughly comes out to the same thing so you should be cautious but you know if it's in the middle of summer and you see the sign because the sign's permanent it's always set up there well you know you're not going to be worried about it being icy then but if it says it may not be icy you think well what, what is it normally icy it's july why would it be icy it's july we're on the equator how the hell could it be icy see what i mean it's i it, i maybe i'm splitting hairs here i mean that is part of the thing of being a pedant but i don't think they mean exactly the same thing i think there's a little nuance here what do you think you know you can email me at dimland.com uh you can email dr dim at dimland.com d-r-d-i-m at dimland.com and that's where you can find my show notes you go to dimland.com click on the show notes and you'll you'll there they'll be and there's links to stuff and all kinds of things and uh i write you know it's essentially a a, a blog related to the show uh, how much time have I got? Uh, okay. Um, we ended up having a uh, white Christmas here in the Twin Cities, up here in Minnesota. Um, it didn't look like we were going to have one. It, we, it, up to about five or six days out from Christmas, I mean, we were as brown as heck here. We had a bunch of snow come down in, in October. October, I think, this of twenty. October 2020 was, uh, I think, the second snowiest winter in Minnesota, on uh, um, on record anyway. I mean, there may have been, there certainly were snowier ones. You know, back when Minnesota was covered with in ice during the last ice, you know, age gl glacier period. <laughs> you know, it was pretty. There was a lot of snow at that point. Um, anyway, so it, it, then November got warm, and any snow that we might have had just kind of melted away. And then by you know, it was just, it was nice. December 23rd, it was a Wednesday, uh, the weather guys about four days ahead of that Wednesday were saying, we're going to get some snow. And they were, you know, they were pretty much spot on, especially the closer you got, you know, like the day before, they were saying, okay, at about 11 o'clock, it's going to be raining in the Twin Cities, and by about 12 o'clock at noon, uh, it's going to be, um, uh, it's going to be, mixing into snow and rain and then by one in the afternoon it's going to be all snow and we figure we're going to get about and the range of of snowfall that we had that that changed through the week was anywhere from five to eleven inches we ended up i think here in the twin cities we got about five inches of snow and what i decided to do was have some fun with a couple of fellows that i've been doing a a, a group chat with uh, through the facebook messenger um, one of them lives out in Simi Valley in California, and the other one lives in Sydney, Australia. Australia, and neither of them have had winter, you know, like like we have winter here. And so I sent them a picture from the corner uh, of our, you know, uh, from out on the corner, a picture of our house, which is up up, up on a little hill. And so being a corner house, we have sidewalks on two sides that I have to take care of when the snow comes. And I took the picture, brown grass, some dead leaves. No snow. And I said, guys, 24 hours from now, this is going to look completely different. And uh, and it did. We got we got snow. I sent them some pictures of that. I sent video of some stuff. And even today, 
I was uh, driving by this lake that's over uh, near my where my office is, and I thought, oh, you know, when I get back from this errand I'm doing, I'm going to go over and I'm going to walk out on the lake, and I'm going to do a little video from standing on a frozen lake. And uh, so, so what I did was I went out and I cleared off of the, some of the snow on the top so you could see the ice. And then I did a, a, a started the video where I was just showing the, the shoreline and just did a 360. Went around and was describing what we're looking at and how cold it was. It was about like 20 degrees, 21 degrees or something like that, Fahrenheit. And I said, now, you know, and, but you'll notice that there's this big expanse, flat expanse here. Is it a football pitch or field? Nope. And then I turned the camera down to see my feet standing on the ice. I said, nope, I am standing on a frozen lake. And I sent that video to both of them, and they were <laughs> they were saying, "No, I, I've never done that. No, I don't think I, <laughs> I don't think I'd do that." And I said, "You know, people drive cars out on them." And I sent them the chart of uh, the the general safety guide uh, of of ice. You know, it should be at least four inches thick to walk on, and it should be you know I don't know uh, four uh, five or six inches thick for a snowmobile to go on it, and you know, eight to twelve inches thick for a car. And then 12 to 15 inches for a truck, you know, the kind of things. I think that's the ranges. But then it does remind you that no ice, no ice is safe. And I told them, I said, you know, it's really fun. Uh, and and I haven't haven't experienced this for a long time because I haven't walked down a frozen lake you know, for like I don't know 25 years. <laughs> I haven't done it. Um, but what's really fun if it's super cold. And you get out on the lake, and it's really cold. The ice will sometimes expand, and so there's a crack because it's expanding, and you hear this deep kind of crack that goes across the lake. <coughs> you know, just you hear the sound, <laughs> and, it, oh. <laughs> and it's uh, uh, yeah, it's really something. Uh, anyway, so there's that. And then uh, before I get out of here, I think I got time. Um, well. The, this uh, this isn't uh, this isn't quite the uh, as positive a thing as it could be. We are still living in a pandemic. The vaccines are rolling out. It's, uh, it's it's not been the most smooth rollout, but it is happening. I know I think four or five people personally who have received uh, by this point the first dose. I think one of the people has gotten their second dose. Uh, she works in healthcare, and she's in. She lives in Florida. Um, I, I know her a little bit. Just kind of met her through the skeptic meetups uh, online, the Zoom meetups. Uh, and and there's other people that I know a bit better that they've gotten their first dose. So it's it's rolling out, but we still have to wear our masks. We still have to distance. We still have to be careful. Wash your hands. Be careful. I have a friend. One of the Minnesota skeptics is a good friend of mine. He has the COVID, and he seems to be doing okay, but he doesn't, you know, it's, it's not an enjoyable thing, and I hope it doesn't get terrible for him because it would be, uh, it would be horrible. Uh, um, you know, I, you know he's, he's a good friend. So get well. Um, but the other day I was going to the grocery stop, uh, grocery shopping, and as I do, when I get there, you know, I start to put my mask on as I'm in the parking lot and I'm heading in. And ahead of me, a few paces ahead of me, was this giant man. I mean, he's got to be about like 6'4", six, 6'5". Six, I figured he's in his late 50s, maybe early 60s. Head shaved. He's got this dagger of a, of, of a, of a goatee beard that come, down, come off of his chin, about four or five inches off his chin. Uh, white whiskers that goes right to a point. And he's wearing this tight black jacket and jeans. And I think he had like a knife on his side. And he's walking along with a 10, 12-year-old girl. Well, I'm not sure, 10, 11, 12, something, something like that. Holding her hand. And I'm assuming that's his granddaughter. And they're walking into the grocery store ahead of me just a bit. And I'm looking at I don't, I don't, I don't see masks. I, I, they don't, they're not putting on masks. And they walked right in the store, bold as brass, not wearing masks. And I thought, of course, I bet you he voted for Trump. Wouldn't have been at least a bit surprised. Anyway, so I got into the store, and being a man of a certain age, I had to go to the restroom first, and I lost track of them. But eventually, at some point, 
we ended up in the same aisle. They were coming in my direction. I'm headed in their direction. We were going to pass each other. I'm not a brave man. I'm gonna, don't think, don't think that I am. I'm not a brave man. Okay. Uh, as we got close to each other, I stopped and waited until I, you know, they were over to the side enough so I knew that I could get past them, and I booked it. Boom! Past him as quickly as I could. I made a show of it, and I did say as I rounded the aisle, "Asshole doesn't wear a mask," or "Mr. Big Man doesn't wear a mask." I don't know if he heard me, and I didn't. I don't know if I said it quite that clearly. It might have been more like "Mr. Big Man doesn't wear a mask." Yeah, might have been like that. I was told by somebody when I told the story, he says, you should have gone up to him, you should have said, I said, hey, I don't want to get beat up. I don't want to get COVID, but I also don't want to get beat up. My sister, is, I am six foot tall, just a hair over six feet tall. In my shoes, six one or a hair over six foot, six foot one. This guy had to be six four, six five. You know, maybe if I'd said something to him, and if he tried to intimidate me, but if I stood my ground... I just stood and looked at him. So what are you going to do? Are you going to hit me? Wear a mask. Why don't you care about my health? And why don't you care about your granddaughter's health? Why are you teaching her not to care about other people's health? I'm teaching her not to be a sheeple. No, 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 no. I just, I just I was anticipating all this stuff. But you see, the person that was giving me, admonishing me for not saying anything is a woman. And, and you know... Where women will tell you that, tell a man that, you know, you don't know that feeling when you walk into a dark parking lot. You know, it's at night. You walk into a parking lot. You're alone. There's hardly any cars in the lot. You don't know that, that unease that a woman knows doing that. Now, a guy might have it a little bit, a little bit of unease, but not, you know, well, they have like a 5% unease where a woman is 95%. Well, a guy can turn that around just a little bit because I'm sure women have a higher amount of unease in this situation. More like, uh, more like you know, like forty-five percent. Some women maybe more like sixty-five percent, but a guy has an almost ninety-nine point nine percent understanding that if I go up to another guy and I get in his face about something, it's more likely this guy's going to take a poke at me than he's going to take a poke at a woman just in a you know public place. You know, take, that may I may be speaking in generalities, but there's that. And I just and, and I'm not brave. <laughs> My sister, who's just a hair of her five foot tall, petite as all hell, feisty as all hell, brave. I think she would have walked up to him and said, "Why are you not wearing a mask?" Um, okay, so let's end the show with a cool thing. The cool thing is. Do you know the, the band 10CC? Uh, I, I barely know them. I know like three songs by them. One song is called Dreadlock Holiday. You know, it's got the line, I don't like reggae. I love it. You know, Dreadlock Holiday. You know, it's, 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 it's a light, fluffy, reggae-ish song. Pop song. I like the song. They have another song which is maybe more uh, familiar to people, The Things We Do For Love, like walking in the rain and the snow when there's nowhere to go and you're feeling like a part of you is dying or something like that. You know, The Things We Do For Love, you know, that that song, right? And that's a nice, fluffy, pop, love song kind of thing. But there, But this is where you talk about an artist having, a uh, musical artist anyway, having a masterpiece. Their song, I'm Not In Love, which I'll link to in the show notes so you can check it out, is just, it's, I, 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 don't, I had it on my Spotify and it came up, or I, I, actually I think I was looking through uh, YouTube and it showed a, uh, the making of that song, uh, you know, the, uh, I'm Not In Love, and it was fascinating as all hell. And I thought, yeah, that song is really great. And I would listen to it. I'll link to that making of and uh, the first half of it is about how these guys came up with the song and how they put it together. And then the second half of it is actually listening to the song. And it's just, it's, put your headphones on and listen to this. It's just fantastic. Um, 
they did something. Uh, two, one of the guys wrote out the lyrics to it. They they were talking about doing a love song, but they didn't want to do some conventional type love song. So he, so this guy writes a song saying, "I'm not in love," so don't forget it. You know, it's a love song where he's he's protesting too much. Uh, and then he, he he presents the lyrics to you know one of the other guys in the band. They say, "Oh, let's work on that." And then they come up with some chords and and they come up with an idea to play it. And they want to do it in sort of a bossa nova kind of feel. So they record something with the a demo with the with the song sung to like a bossa nova feel. And they play it to the other guys in the band and they all listen to it and they all went, "Eh," they're all underwhelmed. But one of them, you know, but the, but the one of them said, um, well, they all were saying that there's something there, we can work something there, but yeah, they weren't sure. And one of them said, what if we do it, you know, do it all vocalizations or vocals? And they said, what do you mean, acapella? Says, no, no, no. We just we 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 layer vocals. We use uh, we use tape. They did loops. And what they did was they had three of the guys in the band that are the singers. They came in and recorded. Uh, you know, them singing ah for as long as they could at you know like 16 different uh, 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 ahs and other little sounds and, and you know to, to cover the 13 note scale and then they would play these things and they would layer them and layer them and layer them and they get this wonderful sound to it and then they had this this rhythm track that they recorded that uh, that when played along with all this stuff sounded good so this, let's, let's keep it in there and then there was the guide vocal the guy that did the song he was going to re-record the vocals but he listened to they listened to it again said no those vocals were great so they put it all together you know and it's and it's working out it's like this is something really interesting and one of the guys in the band just at some point threw off a line while they were you know running through with the song or something like that and he said be quiet big boys don't cry he just he threw that out and they went, oh, that's interesting. And then one of the guys said, we've got to, we need something else in here. And they, the way they were talking about how they remembered it, a receptionist that worked at this recording studio pops her head in and says, you know, it's a woman. And she says, uh, you know, so-and-so, the, you know, the phone's for you. She kind of whispers it. And they went, oh, hey, hey, we need you. So they convinced her to go into the studio. She says, no, we don't, we don't need you to sing. We just want you to whisper, be quiet, big boys don't cry. Big boys don't cry. Big boys don't cry. <clears throat> and she did it, and it worked out, and the song is absolutely brilliant. It's just, I, and, and, I mean, it could truly be called a masterpiece because it just really, really uh, uh, nails something. It's just, and, and it was such, it was a number one hit in the UK on their singles chart. Excuse me, I had to take a sip. And it reached number two on the U.S. Uh, Billboard Hot 100. Uh, this was in 1975. I remember when the song came out. That's how old I am. And it's really a cool song. So you should really, you should just check out uh, uh, the song I'm Not In Love by 10CC. Uh, it's And that making of. Just go to the show notes at dimland.com and you'll, you'll find it. What's going on here? Why isn't it playing? Well, here we go. Good night. <laughs> Good night. Uh, first show of the year, and I have a gremlin already. Uh, <laughs> you're listening to, you've been listening to Dimland Radio at, on ctalkradio.com. Uh, I'm your host, Jim Dr. Jim Fitzsimmons, remembering you to be skeptical and extraordinary claims, to be safe, uh, you know, wear your mask, wash your hands, keep your distance, get the vaccine when it comes out. And we'll see you next week. Hopefully, the country will still be here. check out my show notes at dimland.com. Just click on the blog option and you can email your questions and comments to drdim at dimland.com. That's D-R-D-I-M at dimland.com. And the opening theme song, Ram, is by Theolius and is used with permission.
This has been a production of the Z-Talk Radio Network. And now, a message to our competitors. Thanks. Thanks for tuning us in. Well, I'm going to hell. <laughs>